And actually, as you get older, there's more and more, I think people slide into that much more. Like, uh, let me feel safe. Like, let me not have this anxiety about like, am I doing the right thing? Am I living the right life? But it's better to have tried it than, you know, kind of just do the safe thing because you were too scared to go for a dream. I'm Steph. I'm Rachel. And we want to know pretty much everything about pretty much everyone we meet. Welcome to Sit on the Floor. Did you guys look it up after I sent you the name of it? No. Wow. So you just jumped into it without any idea what to expect. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Did. Yeah. So perhaps we yeah. should introduce what's going on. Yeah, okay. okay. All right. So we are sitting on the floor of an Airbnb that, what is your name again? Kareem. Kareem. Kareem is staying in. Um, for like the month, right? And we're in Joshua Tree. And then Jonah uh, is here as well for a week? Weekend. Weekend, wow, even shorter. Um, And I passed Jonah on the road this morning when I was out for a walk. And um, I decided to say hello because i was like oh here's another sign of life in this wide expanse of nothingness i may as well speak so we chatted and then we talked about how we're on this trip it's coming to an end it ends tomorrow um and rachel and i are having the la versus san diego internal struggle um and you are from san diego i'm living in san diego er, that's now and and you're thinking about moving to LA. Like Kareem is thinking about moving to LA. From New York. Yeah, from New York. And basically this trip, um, I, I mean, I will be in LA. I'm on a three-month trip. And it's basically all about this big life ch- moment right now where I'm deciding I'm pretty positive I'm going to move to LA. But yeah, so that's kind of the moment I'm in. But it's just crazy because my version of what how you just described it is like Jonah just came we're having all these deep conversations about these big life questions and big uh, pivotal moments and Jonah's got his version and I've got mine of like and then he we're out here there's no one around and then <laughs> this morning I'm like well, I'm doing whatever I'm doing and then Jonah comes in he's just like I just met someone I'm like <laughs> and I heard your voice but I thought it was like I thought he was on a speakerphone call with someone I was like, you just met someone like out here. It's like so crazy. And then, and then that text that you sent about this topic was like, like I was telling you, was so um, just resonated. I'm like, oh my god, that's exactly what we've been talking about and trying to figure out. So it was crazy. It's like we have to do this. So how old are you both? I'm you 43. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be 44 in a couple of days. Oh, oh my God. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. <laughs> Early birthday present. <laughs> and, and I'm 43 as of a week ago. So I ask you this because I am disappointed to hear that these questions don't go away <laughs> <laughs> for yeah. another 20 years. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, what's funny, too, is um, this morning, I don't know if you noticed, I drove by. And I waved and I didn't even know that it was you who Steph saw earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because after then I was just sitting out front yep. for a little while. Yeah. What's also funny about this is that normally, so normally um, when we, 
I told you that this is kind of the approach that we've been taking on the trip is like we're on the trip. We meet people in random spots and then we kind of just are like, do you let's do a podcast. Um, But we have a chance to like really chat and kind of um, get into we we have a chance to figure out what the angle is going to be or like what the conversation is going to be about because, you know, we can talk with them for long enough. And this is the first time where like I, I think it's just because I was not thinking about the show when we were chatting. For some reason, I was like really focused on the whole like L.A. versus San Diego. And then I got back and I was like, damn it. Like I didn't like fi- yeah, I didn't. I was shocked that you had not already asked. I know. Yeah. Because of I'm... how. Yeah. Because of how you usually get straight to it. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's so funny. Right. Yeah. But so this is like the first time I just want to say that like we're chatting First time that we're making an episode with two guests and also first time that we are going into a conversation with like you. I briefly described the show to you of like, oh, we touch on themes of like defying expectations, like um, pivotal transformational moments, like, you know, points of growth um, has kind of been the theme that's naturally arisen from this past season. And um, and you just said yeah that works for that works for us so we had no idea what we were walking into and here we are yeah yeah here we are here we are too (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i want to hear more about this um potential decision kareem to move to la i guess i'm I'm (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) um yeah well god it's it's I mean, you know, I, I work in the film. Am I close enough? I work in the film. I, I work as an editor. I worked in the film business for a long time. And um, so there's that about L.A., obviously. But mostly it's like I love California. In particular, I came here maybe, I don't know, in the first time to Joshua Tree to the desert um i've been here now probably like this is probably like my seventh or eighth time here i absolutely am in love with this place and the desert in in general but especially this place and um i basically started doing this thing where i would after finishing an intense job i would take time away and like do these airbnbs and then work on my own stuff and try to figure out how to prioritize my own writing and my own artistic goals not just the work the paid gigs and usually it'd be these trips would be here in the desert anyway i i kind of just i was telling jonah yesterday like weirdly like doing these airbnbs was like this life-changing thing where i because airbnbs is not a hotel room like you're living in a home especially if you can find like a homey place like this and it kind of like transforms something in my mind about like why don't why don't i make my living space like how these places are and it kind of was one key thing in like saying, you know what, why don't I just make my life how I want it to be in all these different ways? And one of them was part of that was deciding to just come to California, in particular to be close to this place that I love so much and just like inspires me creatively and like makes me feel joy and kind of like, um, yeah, so so literally being close to the desert, but also because of my work, I have L.A. is the place is is essentially like the key reason. Um, and, you know, I'm 43. 
or I'm about to be 44 and it's like kind of scary to do this big change. I don't really know that many people in LA. Um, but so the battle has been kind of like, partly has been like, is this, this is crazy. Like, what am I doing? But then just kind of deciding to go for it and decide like, I want to try to have the biggest life I can imagine for myself and, and, and all the different ways that that means. And yeah, going for the artistic goal is one, one of the key ones. <clears throat> Where are you moving from? From Brooklyn, New York. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. So huge change. Yeah. So what is it about the desert that you love so much? Like what's special about it? We were talking about this yesterday too. Um, I don't know. I kind of, I was saying, I don't quite know. Like it's just the way it feels to be here. But then I was realizing, I, I think I do have some clear thoughts about what I love about the desert so much. One is that it's deeply reassuring, like to be in this place that uh, kind of like, you know, when you go to the Joshua tree park, like these rocks that have been there for like a hundred million years and, um, this place that's like kind of so unchanged and I feel like, you know, you put your hand on these rocks and it's like, this has been here and it's going to be here for a million more years, more than we're gone. And, uh, after we're gone, some people may, that may depress them or freak them out or whatever. But for me, it's like, I don't know, it's like deeply reassuring and like ho hopeful. And it's just like, it's just a benign beauty out here that, um, is like, yeah, it's like, as I said, reassuring and also just like kind of brings me joy. Um, and yeah. And then I think the light, the thing about, yeah, what I was saying about the life out here is like, it's just, it's kind of like this harsh beauty. It's like very simple, very harsh, very stripped down, but, but there is so much life and the life that's out here is like kind of fighting to be here and has adapted to be here. And it's not like, it's not like hitting you in the face with beauty, like some place like Hawaii might be, but it's a different kind of beauty that really just like resonates with me that just, I really feel. Um, and just like the stillness of the air. I love the dry air and just like the, the, the stillness and the quiet of this place is like so profound. And I think that even as I'm thinking out loud now about it, like that, provides a lot of space to think and figure out things whether it's creative or like these big life questions and mm. i've been telling rachel this entire trip um that and and like calling people on the phone to, everybody's like oh what's your favorite place what's your favorite place on, on the trip and i keep saying that um so i grew up in new hampshire so i'm i've been around like the forests stuff like the green like the mountains everything the ocean like all of that and it's all very beautiful but for some reason i've never been to the desert before this trip oh, and wow. something about it <laughs> something about it has hit me has struck me yeah. so hard in a way that no other natural environment has. I don't know what it, I, you articulated it so well, and I don't think mm. I could articulate it quite as well, but like New Mexico was like the first yeah. stretch of it. And I just was beside myself. I couldn't even, That's I don't funny even have you say words. That cause I'm laughing because that the way you're saying that is, I've said that so many times. I'm like, I don't know what it is, something, but this place is just like, ugh. <laughs> Exactly. I, yeah. Exactly. I feel like for me, it's the abundance of light. Like there's so much light. That and the flatness, the flatness yeah, and the, the sky, expansiveness. You know, yeah. It allows the sky to feel bigger. 
Um, and especially coming from Maine, it's going to be gloomy most of the year. And uh, something about this light. So good for my skin. My skin's happier. Everything. Oh my god! I, I hate to keep saying we were just talking about this because <laughs> it does sound like, come on, man. How, how <laughs> yeah. many of these things? We should have been here earlier. But literally, we were earlier. About <laughs> the sun and the light, and, and then like just because we're East Coast guys, and for me, it's like anyway. I'm so over like a lot the East Coast vibe. Light is one. Humidity is another. I'm just like I'm good. I get it. I've felt that. And let me, I, I'm into this, this something, this, this different feeling out here. So anyway. Um, if either of you would like to speak to the um, experience of living in the New York area versus out here, some of the differences. Yeah, I can talk a little about that. So I've been out in San Diego for two years now. And it's, it's funny because Kareem, you're talking about moving out here and I'm in a conversation about potentially moving back to the East Coast. Oh, wow. um, and <laughs> and for me, I mean, I love this like beauty, um, the sky out here. When I moved out here, the first thing that I like really noticed and and that like pulled me was the sky. Um, for the moon in the sky in particular is, is something that I follow and get really jubilant about when I see, um, like you saw me this morning where I like pointed out, I was like, look, you can still see the moon. It's like the middle of the day and it's right up there and it's really small. Um, and so I would, I would be able to see the moon for so much more of the day out here than I could. Um, when I was living in New York, I happened to have like an apartment in Brooklyn where I could actually out my window, see the moon when it was full, but really only when it was full. And, um, and I really loved that about out here, getting to the vastness, the openness, the expansiveness. Um, and it was really like drawing me in and, and yeah, opening me up, relaxing me in a lot of ways. Um, and and then after I moved out here, I was, I was out here like without traveling a lot. Cause we got here just before the pandemic started. And then I was here for over a year without traveling, which is something I've never done in my life. Um, and when I went back to the East coast at the beginning of this summer, the nature of the East coast was like, calling to me and was like a respite and it was there was an intimacy of the forest on the in the northeast that i felt i had been missing out here um the all of the things that kareem was talking about about the desert i totally agree with and i love and i'm drawn to and i can't take too much of it like being out here for too long um and san diego is not the desert um, but it is vast and the ocean, which I love and went to almost every day for the last year and a half. Um, it is huge and vast. And even the trees in Northern California are huge and everything is really big and the canopy is really tall. And there's something about the intimacy of that lower canopied, vibrant, east coast um northeast forest that i just really love and like lives in my bones from having grown up in it and 
spent so much time there. And so there's a real push and pull for me. And, and I, as I hear you getting really excited about moving out here, I'm like, yeah, I like this too. I want to stay like the desert's amazing. <laughs> I want to come to Joshua tree all the time. I want to stay in San Diego and go to the beach every day. Like, and then when I like have a moment and I'm back in kind of my own checking with myself, I also feel the pull to, I want my intimate forest with my small trees that know me really well, that I know really well, that I feel like I've been in conversation with for my entire life. And, and it's this, it's this calling back home that I am excited by, terrified by, confused by, and, and really in an ongoing process and conversation with. <laughs> well, I, I am, I am just so floored right now that like, we had no idea who you guys were. This was so random. I, we didn't even know what this conversation was going to be about. And literally all of us are in the midst of like big life moves, like in this moment. That's so crazy. And like East Coast, West Coast has been such a huge theme for us. Cause like, yeah. it's sad for people that can love and appreciate both, you know? It's gonna, <laughs> you're just gonna be pulled back and forth to each coast, I feel like, um, throughout life. And I don't know, I have wanted to move to California for what feels like a long time. And I always thought, when I finally did that it would feel more like definitive like yes this is exactly what I want right now but it's been emotional and it's been um confusing confusing absolutely yeah I'm going through the motions every day about the decision it feels right but at the same time I thought it would feel more seamless I guess are we allowed to ask you all questions yeah of course okay. <laughs> um so I'm I'm curious about like what when you're thinking about this move for you and the the like heftiness of it and like what is what do the stakes feel like around this move like does it feel like and i'm not asking like are you going to stay here for the rest of your life but does it feel like you're uprooting relocating or does it feel like you're like trying an experiment and seeing what happens and 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 what are and like or somewhere in between? Yeah. Do you want to answer first, or do you want? Sure, I can. Yeah. Um, I think so. It's funny that you ask that because, again, we were also just talking about this. Yeah, like, <laughs> but um, in, sorry, in Joshua Tree <laughs> in the in the national park. Yeah. yeah. Um. But so, for me, I guess I would say the bigger deal that like the move is tied to and this couldn't have happened without the move but this is like the really big thing for me is that like not only did i quit my like safe secure nine to five job but i got my family to swallow the pill that like stephanie's going to create her own life and it may not look the way that we thought it was gonna look. And not in this, you know, 
I'm going to like go off the deep end and like screw everybody, like not in this like crazy rebellious way, but just in this way of like, you know, um, it's uh, my my dad, who is I love more than I can say, um, is a very businessy guy. And he it was like a it was a uh, process to get him okay with me being an English major in college as opposed to a business major. So to like move past the hurdle of like, I can't, I'm not going to do this job anymore and I'm going to go wait tables probably and I'm going to work on my art um, because I, I don't want to mentally pull like in the job I was in. It was great, but it was mentally pulling from the same creative pool that I need to preserve I feel for my personal work <laughs> you too you too Kareem you too yeah, well, and I we, want you we were just talking about that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, okay the, the title of this episode is gonna be we were just talking about that that's so funny yeah I guess for me um, I studied fashion in college. There was very little work for me back home. I was fortunate to have a job where I was treated very well and I got some necessary experience once I graduated. Um, but like I said, always dreamt of the West Coast for all the reasons that we discussed. Um, and I know there's more opportunity for career out there as well so for me it feels like the stakes are high because I could see myself moving out there for a long time um, especially depending on what happens for work for work I would want to stay and it would be harder to uproot that and move back home once I kind of establish a life out there um, and then the other thing that hurts is that I really am not going to know anyone out there. I have two friends out there right now, one in San Diego, one in L.A., and then I'll know Steph. Um, but most of the really important people in my life are in Maine and New York, and it's already been kind of difficult on this trip to watch them continue their life and know that I'm not going to be a part of it. Like, um, I actually had two friends who got engaged while I was on this trip uh, while I was on the road one in the beginning and then one halfway through and just seeing everyone together and knowing that those are some of the moments that I'm going to miss um, and then I'll continue to miss more if I you know start my own life on the west coast and then go back to the east and then I'm missing everything from out there so that is the price to pay for the richness that comes from a life lived in many places <laughs> Uh. <laughs> I, I can very much relate to that one. Um, I have, I've lived, I mean, if you go by like, if you go by like, like calendar days, I've lived like most of my life in New York. Definitely. If we talk about like in and around New York and in my adult life, it's been mostly New York, but also every like few years I would leave. <laughs> And I would go somewhere for a year or six months or somewhere else. And I, through a lot of my work and through a lot of relationships, would build these connections with people all over. So when I 
left New York this last time, I was leaving a lot of people and a lot of relationships and friendships. And there are a lot of people who are still mad at me about it. And there, and I miss tremendously. And then not being able to see for a year and a half at all was really, really challenging. And also I have like deep, 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 deep friendships and loved ones all over the place, which is beautiful and allows me to travel and visit them and have homes in many places. But also it's challenging to not have the one home. And, and there's a, there is, you know, you, you mentioned it around, like, you're still asking these questions 20 years later, like that, that it is true. And there's also a lot of like lived experience in those 20 years of the consequences, usually a negative word, but I'm using it really neutrally, like the consequence, the implications of those choices and having moved around a lot and having met a lot of people, I am in that moment that you're like describing being afraid of <laughs> where there's no place I could be where all the people that I'm closest with are. I just want to ask what questions are you asking 20 years later? I mean, I think all of them, but like, yeah, for so examples for me. So for me, um, there's questions around what elements of my life am I going to prioritize in this next phase of it and in also, this next iteration of it just like quickly just want to ask do you guys have families I'm not I ask because I want to know what the roots are like with the moves and everything like our own families, like yeah 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 um no so I have a partner who I'm with and we don't have children, but and we're not they married. Would move with you though. The, that is also a, a ah, question. Okay, uh, in, in that's what I wanted well. to know. Yeah, that's yeah. what I wanted to know. Yeah. yeah, that complicates things a lot. It definitely complicates things because there's, and when I was talking about like the priorities, right? So like, what element of my life am I prioritizing? Is it um, life purpose, dreams, and visions? Is it working towards rooting and f having a family is it working towards continuing to live openly and having more experiences and going out and seeing what's going to come next and allowing uh, projects to come to me and so all of those questions are i think they're i wouldn't say they're ever present in the 20 years those 20 years of my life but they are uh, repetitively reoccurring um, in the way that I've been moving about these years. So what are the, oh yeah, no, you go ahead for sure. Well, I mean, I, I'm curious to hear what your question is now, but, uh, I, in terms of my own, my answer to your question, I, I don't have a family of my own. I don't have a partner right now either. I'm kind of just, um, solo right now. And, you know, I was telling Jonah earlier, like a big part of the decision, a big part of what kind of makes it feel like, why didn't I just try this, like this move, even though, like I was saying, I'm, I'm the age I'm at and there's the different kind of fears about, um, 
man, I'm doing this and I'm middle-aged basically, um, is like, why not? You know, like I, I don't, I don't have a kid, kids, I don't have a family and I can kind of like feel a little bit freer about just trying it. If it doesn't work, I can just say, okay, I'll, that didn't work. That was an interesting thing to try. I'll go back. Um, but one thing I did want to say that's really interesting that I'm noticing is like, yes, we, we're, we're all in this very similar place, but it is quite different. Like it's, it's just different versions depending your age, you know, like when you're younger, there's all kinds of pressures and, and, and fears and challenges. And it's like the anxiety is about the open road that's in front of you. Um, but of course there's also like just, you know, opportunity and time and or that's certainly how it feels from our vantage point as as older guys it's like you know but you have so much time you have you two have time you have like you know you you can do what i just said you can try any number of things and if it doesn't work try something else but of course i remember when i was at that age and i just felt like all the pressures of like yeah but it's your life's got to look a certain way and for us it's like we've got the pressures of like well you 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 don't have time you better get you better different versions of you better get your shit together you know like you we were just talking about like oh well you're supposed your life is supposed to look a certain way you're supposed to have kids whatever it is kids a certain career and um so then we've got that kind of version of like the pressure of like well maybe i can have a life that looks different in x y or z way like maybe i don't have to have kids maybe i can be an artist and not be successful and all those kinds of things and 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 also like to that point i think that for both of us and you could tell me if it's not true for you like there is a little bit of um there's a truth already out there around having made choices to live lives according to our values and integrity and not making choices that go along with the like ways in which social pressures are. And I think that I think it's true for both of us that we have actively prioritized for you, your art, for me, just continuing to like explore relationships, projects. Um, and we can talk more about the kinds of projects, my activism and, and what that looks like in and prioritizing for me i think broader community over the like socially constructed familial relationships and yet while it's true that i have actively made those choices it's still in my mind doesn't always feel like i've actually made that choice and i still feel like do I have to, am I making that choice? Is it true? Is it okay for me to make that choice? Even oh though like God, you ask anybody ends. else around me, they're like, no, Jonah's obviously been on his own path. He's making active choices. They're in line with his values. But for me, as I approach another moment of like a decision point, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like, oh, I'm still reacting to this pressure. And I don't know if I'm going to make the choice to live the life the way I want to do it. But but I already have been, and I don't always, I can't always tell that. I'm so blown away right now. I'm so blown away. I, because it's, it just feels so, it feels so eye opening to me to hear you guys speak so honestly about so many of the same questions and challenges 
that like we feel and it's just like at a different point and I feel like I don't know about you Rachel like but from from my vantage point it's like I kind of have in my head of like well this will end you know I definitely yeah like like um just what you just said touched on it perfectly like once I get to (laughs) this point on the spectrum in my like going down the path that I know is my authentic life despite like what any external forces tell me that it is once I get to this checkpoint down there on the path then I will feel okay about it yeah and like then I'll feel then I'll feel like at peace with my decision (laughs) and hearing you say that as someone who is older than me and also as someone who you just said like other people look at you and are like oh he's clearly on his own stuff like he's doing his thing that's like so eye-opening to me and it makes me feel like okay the number one thing to prioritize for me is like not the making the decisions and living the authentic life it's like being at peace with my decisions figuring out how to be at peace with them yeah because that does not just come naturally is like no like that's its own that's its own battle yeah and the and the decisions will keep being there and the those moments will keep arriving and the yeah and the and kind of the the wrestling and reckoning with the feelings whether they're internalized internalizing the messages of society or trying to find what my own voice is asking me to do like that's a process and and an ongoing one and an an unending one and i think for me there are a lot of things that i've figured out to do as part of that process that allow me to like find peace sometimes like eventually like in in <coughs> most of the time and most of the time i i like most of the time i'm um i'm really i really feel like right about where i am and what i've done and then there are moments where it just kind of like all that other stuff comes flooding back in. Just quickly, I'll say, I feel like that is such a good point that like, it's probably never going to be, you're always at peace with it. Yeah. Like I feel, I heard some quote the other day that was like part of, part of finding happiness is accepting that you're never going to always be perfectly happy. Well, yeah, I think the the thing that this is making me think is like, you know, there's something you know to be commended like i commend both of you because clearly you've decided to take a chance and like kind of it's what i was saying my version is like the way i put it is like it's kind of think bigger about your life like well what you know what do i really want to do like what if i if i kind of thought bigger and tried to think beyond like um whatever kind of the expectations might be or the mainstream is or whatever and i think that that is incredibly not only commendable but it's like 
it's kind of what it's all about. It's like that's like the you know the old the old the old line. It's like a philosopher's line about the, the life examined. I think it's Socrates. You know the old line. The, old, the life worth living is a life examined. Yeah, something yeah. like that. That old Socrates line. <laughs> uh, classic. Yeah, it's like a life. A, a life. It's like a life. Uh, an examined life. You know, like actually trying to think instead of kind of being stuck in this pre you know pre-planned or pre-constructed kind of idea what your life is supposed to look like which a lot of people do and actually as you get older there's more and more i think people slide into that much more like you know uh let me feel safe like let me not have this anxiety about like you know taking chances let me like let me get to that point where i'm not i'm no longer having this like um this kind of ill at ease feeling like am i doing the right thing am i living the right life but i think it's incredibly like exhilarating and exciting to kind of always be continuing to challenge yourself and think flexibly about like what kind of life you want to have and so it's like it's like a you know you can think of it as like a trade-off you know there are going to be moments of like things may not work you know like this thing i'm trying to do may it may not work like i said and and um, and then maybe I'll try something else, but you get to like be flexible and have that perspective. Like it's better to have tried it than, you know, kind of just do the safe thing because you were too scared to go for a dream, you know? Um, so yeah. So it's interesting to, to, again, it's so interesting to be at these different generational kind of points and, and be. Yeah. I kind of wanted stuff. to talk a bit about that too. Um, because you talk about how when you're in your early 20s, you are looking at all of this time ahead of you. Can you speak to how this kind of decision feels different at your age versus ours? I mean, I can I can directly speak to that. Um, in my mid-20s, I left my job as a high school teacher. I taught high school for four years. I left my job teaching high school at, to start a summer camp, a nonprofit organization that did summer camp and outdoor education programs. It was my like vision, dream, desire, always thing I wanted to do. And, um, and I just did it. And a friend of another friend and I both left our teaching jobs and we were like, all right, we're starting a camp here's the date on the calendar. Let's just start making a checklist of the things we're going to need to do and go. And we just dove pretty blind into it. And we had some connections and we had some experience and uh, we made it happen. And Kareem was, came on as a counselor for that first summer. And it was a exciting decision. It was full of possibility. You wouldn't have been able to convince me that it wasn't going to happen. You wouldn't have been able to convince me that it could have like failed or ended or any of those things. I was just ready to go ton of energy, like youthful naivete and didn't know the first thing about starting an organization or anything like that. And we just went for it and it was beautiful. Like we created a beautiful thing. We ran, uh, summer camp for eight summers. We two years later started running overnight outdoor education programs for 
high school and middle school students from New York City. We ran those for eight years. So the organization lived a total of just uh, just under 10 years. And then it all uh, collapsed. It all ended. We kind of ran out of money and energy. And it was a tremendous, for me, failure. The narrative I had was like, it fell apart. It was a failure. For everybody else, it was you ran this amazing thing for 10 years. What an incredible success. Right. And so that I think, and I, and I, at this point in my life, believe that too, (laughs) but I think that speaks to some of these pieces of like, how are we understanding our own, what are we setting ourselves up for? How are we judging, measuring, holding ourselves to outrageous standards and, and accountability when we are people who have creative or, I guess creative pursuits because it's a creative pursuit that that mine is right it has like a justice mission it has an education mission but ultimately it's a creative pursuit and so when we're people who do that and we have success do we see the success or do we only see like that which it isn't yet and so wrestling with that has been a big thing and so then now here I am another not quite 10 years later. Um, and I am feeling in my body again, the, this idea of, well, this is my life purpose being in the woods, having young people who are at moments of discovery, transformation, finding who they want to be. They are, like that is who I do my best work with. And, and it's deep purpose work for me to, to hold those spaces and create those spaces. And so one of the decision points and the thing that's calling me back home is to try again to build a different vision and version of these kinds of this kind of program. And it feels completely different. It feels... Um, I know so much more. I'd be able to do it so much better. And I don't have nearly the amount of like unbridled energy that I did to try to make it happen. And so there are so many more things that are roadblocks that I know about that I didn't know about. And so just went through that. Now I have to really sit with and really convince myself that it's worth doing. So when it all collapsed, (laughs) sorry, that was a lot. That's but okay. No, I felt that's like okay. I was on a roll. Um, um, this is like a burning question for me. Um, so when it all collapsed, did you have this kind of moment where you sat back and looked at the other areas in your life that maybe you weren't like paying as much attention to or like prioritizing as much and kind of like, did you have the, like, how long did it take you to kind of realign with your purpose and say you know what this is still what I want I'm gonna go about it a little differently this is still the most important thing or like what was the process of like dealing with the loss (laughs) yeah that's a really burning question (laughs) um I mean it was devastating it was a true heartbreak um it on so many levels 
um, there were the levels of all of the young people who started going through the programs who wouldn't get to continue. There was the level of the like facing that the thing that I had dreamed of and really wanted to build, we didn't build well enough to have it continue uh, without the amount of energy that was untenable to keep putting into it. Um, and, and it, yeah, and it was devastating to like see my own limitations. Um, and like, this is as far as I go before I fall off a cliff. Right. And that is not a thing I think that people like to look at. Uh, I certainly didn't like to look at it. It wasn't fun. It was, it was really, it was really hard. And there were parts of my life that I had, that I had neglected, um, in the face of, putting all my energy into this work. I had definitely neglected personal life, romantic life, social life, um, in order to put everything into this passion project that I really love, put all of my love there and all of my energy there. And it took a while to move through it. And a lot of, of really facing myself and looking at myself and, um, and we were talking, we were just talking about this, that one of the things that is, I think, an important distinction in the like 20 years between where we are is um, just because I want to go after my passion again now in my life, it doesn't mean that I have to do it the same way. It doesn't mean I have to make the same choices, the same sacrifices that were probably not necessary in the first place, but whatever that is that I can in see short, the way that I've what grown. were they? In short, were this, what, like... Yeah, like what got in your way? What, what got, got in your way? In sh yeah. In the past. Yeah. Um, I think that I was so laser focused and had an urgency around what I wanted to do that was not a healthy urgency. That was a, almost a desperate urgency to make what I wanted to make happen, happen that I neglected balance uh, because I wanted it to happen so badly. Oh, what a good lesson for, for us as we set off on our our pursuit of making our artwork. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm also just sitting here floored that you were called, you f felt called to do the same thing 20 years later. I'm floored by that. Like that is such a, that is such a, um, I, I kind of always wonder to myself, like, you know, when you stumble upon that life purpose, it's like, is this, you know, there's that feeling of like, this is my, this is home. Like, and mm -hmm. I feel like you, sometimes you take these brief forays into like new territories of life and you, and it expands you and you're so grateful and it's incredible and beautiful. And then you come right back to that home base. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's like really beautiful to hear. I, yeah, I would I would love to hear from from you too, Kareem, on on all of this. Like, 
I, I yeah, there's a yeah, lot to uh, respond to. On the, but I mean, on the topic of on, on, every, <laughs> on everything we just talked about for the last sixty minutes, can you respond? No, I just kidding. just I mean on the topic of following your dreams still, you know, yeah. in coming to the middle part of your life because you are on a journey to something very new as well. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, kind of somewhat my version of that of what Jonah's st- just kind of recounted is like about filmmaking and trying to be an artist and you know so kind of when I was it was a little later it was like late 20s but for me it was a long kind of path and battle in my mind to realize like oh I get to try to do this I get to try to be a filmmaker and it's kind of similar to what I was saying a minute ago of like I can actually think bigger about my life, think, you know, kind of beyond the kind of job I'm supposed to have or whatever the expectations might be of what my life is supposed to look like and go for something that's actually my dream. And that would be a dream. That was a dream that I had since I was like a kid, you know, like um, I always loved movies and I always that was that was the dream. But I definitely was one of those people where it was like that was something other people did. That's not something that I get to do. And um, so it was a long battle and, and, you know, kind of in my late 20s and then into my 30s of like kind of I, I worked I used to work in the schools. That's where I met Jonah working in a school and we did the camp that he was talking about. And I worked with young people and kind of worked in nonprofits and kind of slowly waded into the water of like trying to make a career in the film business. And um, but all, really always it was like I want to be an artist. I want to make my own whatever it is like film is the 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 main form yeah but I've always been into different forms of art and that's kind of like like the kind of the home that you were just saying I think art is definitely one of the key ones the other one is kind of another thing that me and Jonah share and we were talking about a lot is like basically figuring out how to have a a revolutionary life like what does that look like figuring out how to have a life that's about really how do I engage in some kind of like project to change things like to change things deeply like and and kind of transform society so that's there and then and then the art is there and of course they also meld and um so that's been my journey and it's ongoing it's like you know it's like I, it's been, I've kind of waded into the water and I'm still in the water. And then I kind of got into, I, I built a career. I've, I'm still building it, but I'm, I've now very established in the career side of it. Like I'm an, I'm an editor, I'm an established editor, but now the battle has been what I was describing, which is like, well, yeah, but what about your own, your own thing? Like I want to make my own work. And that's what you said earlier that I was like, oh my God, I was talking about that too. Or that resonated is my work is very close to, I was just telling this to Jonah earlier, literally like my work is very close to the, the creative art passion that I have. Cause I'm a film editor and I tell these stories and I get in, in on these, I get consumed with these very intense long jobs that totally sap all my, I can't multitask. I can't also work on my own stuff while I'm cutting a film. It's like, that's totally saps all of that same creative juice that I would have used writing my own screenplay. So I literally have to come out here and and figure out these long stretches of time where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go out to the desert. This is the longest one I've done a whole month. And I'm just going to be out here and write and, and, and be in, in, in nature and be in this place that I love and just 
think about my own work and kind of um so yeah i mean so right now is this other big moment of like i don't know it's just like it's a it's it's life it's like this is all what we're describing is just like the ongoing journey of life and like i said it's like you it's every day you get to decide okay i'm gonna and you know you get to decide a lot of things but one of them is like do i want to keep challenging myself to continue to have the biggest life i can imagine continue to not like take take anything for granted about what society dictates your life is supposed to look like um and all the things that that means all the ways that that looks and keep kind of like facing the fears and 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 the criticisms and societal pressures and all the stuff that i have to face to kind of keep thinking for real thinking big and flexibly about what i want that life to look like and so it's kind of an ongoing journey but yeah there are these like kind of pivotal moments and and it's and i think we're all in one of them but there's gonna be more and it's good it's fun it's exciting and you know it's hard and scary too but it's like exhilarating and and great and 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 i want to just like jump in and and like double down on one of the things you just said about the part where it's also about making a revolutionary life and it's also about like working to change things in the systems in the world for the better because i think that there is a version of the kinds of things that we're saying that can go really in like a super individualist follow your dreams like deep in capitalism make all the money do what you need to do da, 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 da. and that's not what we're talking about like i think that it's i think that one of the things for each of us and i'll say for me first that has kept me it grounded to a point where i know i'm not pursuing my passion work solely as an ego project because it is rooted in and deeply like held by my commitment to values to being in integrity with the ways in which i think the the world should be oriented right and that and just that as a piece that i think is important and i know for me and i think for both of us in the conversation so then can we can can we um hear from like both of you on I'm I'm so moved. I don't even know what to say. I'm like so I feel like I can't contain myself. There's like, so many parallels. There's so many parallels like through. especially with what you just said about the convergence between like art and wanting to change things and like make a positive impact. Like Rachel has seen me just like I you know sometimes it gets to me too much of like the they're just like, oh, I got it. Like, you know, like that. You you have to do something. You got to do something. Like that drive to just like, yeah, simultaneously fulfill your purpose and create because you know that that's what you're supposed, you're here to do on earth. Um, and then uh, also have that line up with how can I really like maximize the most positive impact. Um, but yeah, I... Did you have anything you wanted to add? Yeah, just about... We had this conversation at Over Breakfast in New Mexico. Um, just about what it felt like to work in a job where we weren't 
contributing to actively to positive change and um kind of sitting there with yourself at the end of the day like where is this fulfillment going to come from um if it's not coming from my day to day yeah and also with what you said about the medium kareem about the um like you do multiple art forms but like film has been the main one and that has been a recurring question for us too is like um you know rachel and i are the type of people where we just love everything it's like you know like i it's like want to do film want to do photography want to do podcasting creative writing like all these different like i feel we want to travel we want to exactly it's like i feel so called to literally all of them it's like i give my life to any of them and um one thing that we keep talking about is like okay we are limited with time and space we can't live a hundred different lives at the same time and in order to do something where you're making it really good you have to pour a ton of time and energy into that one thing and you must make decisions so like for example we're like oh you know how cool is this to be traveling and doing our photography and it's like oh we could do that on you know like you see all those people doing that on social media of like travel photography right but it's like okay if that is that gonna be if i make that my one thing that i do extremely well how, is that going to be enough for me? Like, am I going to, yes, it's artistic. Yes, I'm contributing. It's inspirational. But like when I go home, is that going to feel like impactful enough for me to the point where I'm okay with, with having chosen that for my one thing and not something else that's po- possibly more impactful? That's a that's a tough one. That's a good that's a good conundrum. Um, I mean, what I was thinking a lot when you were just talking is like, you know, kind of like it's so great that you're so interested in so many things. And sometimes I think of like, you know, what was it like when we were kids, where it was just like, you know, we get to play with anything and kind of just enjoy our minds and enjoy trying any number of things. And in part, I think the pressure that you're that feeling that you're describing is a lot of what we're talking about in this whole conversation about like societal pressures i think certainly there's like definitely an idea that you're supposed to get on one track and focus on it and kind of build your career or um master that trade or whatever it is i do think there's truth to what you're just saying so too where it's like yeah these crafts take thousands of hours of practice and repetition and that's that is that is a reality but i don't know i was while you were talking i was kind of just wanting to just give you like older person advice and be like it's all good take your time try all these things enjoy them all there's time there's no rush you know like and then you know inevitably organic you know okay it's mixed like this is why i said it's a conundrum it's like on the one hand organically you do fall into things and you kind of like, you know what, I'm really into whatever it is, photography. I'm going to kind of, you, you get into it like anything. You kind of get in the groove and you realize like you get a foothold in the craft and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm digging this. Like I'm going to keep going. But the conundrum part of it is like, 
all the confusing stuff of like we were just talking about this also earlier like because jonah asked me about like what do you think your life should look like and the career stuff success ambition um all that or any number of kind of pressures whether they're emotional or societal that actually push you into the track and then start limiting like defining now, oh now like for me it's like you're an editor you're an editor that's that's what you do you you know when i started i used to shoot i i i was like a one man band i used to like shoot and cut and edit all these short pieces and i did fall in love with editing i, I had that that moment where like this is my thing i want to do this but now I'm in the moment I was describing where I'm like, well, actually, I want to do all this other stuff. I want to make my own films. And I'm kind of like, I don't want to say trapped, but there, it's 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 a it's a battle to like kind of figure out, OK, should I stop trying to make this career? Should I say no to editing jobs? There's a lot of pressures as you get older that do make it hard. And it's like a, a constant battle to to keep yourself from being limited um so that's the conundrum part but i think it's beautiful and natural that we try all kinds of things and also there's a lot of like these you know your hero or heroine artists whatever they might be filmmakers you know i don't know i just think when i look up people on wikipedia and it's like they have tons of stuff uh, filmmaker dancer photographer I mean, those those are the type of people that you're like, shit, man. I I don't know if I can pull that off like you did, but it's possible. It's doable to be, you know, to do all kinds of things, and and you know. So I think it's just interesting again to like, kind of like never take anything for granted about limitations. Basically, no limits. You know, what if you were to just say, what if there weren't any limits? You know, and kind of have that perspective, and then and then see. You know, instead of the opposite of like assuming that you there are limits you know yeah i feel like um it can be hard at, at times to differentiate between like what do i really want or like what should i want um and i feel like that's been somewhat of a theme for me too um, i'm sweating in this coat <laughs> um and a theme for the show too yeah but I feel like looking back on my short life, <laughs> the <laughs> relatively, relatively <laughs> is key here. Um, I feel like I always made the best choices that I could, like at the time, like knew it, knowing what I knew at the time. So I feel like moving forward, you have to trust that, you know, all of these other choices that you made at one time or another were always kind of what you thought would lead you to the next best possible place. So it's in that way, um, I guess I'm trying to say that I can't have too much regret. That's fucking beautiful. Beautifully said. That's a beautiful perspective. That's great. Yeah, I think that's all I have to say. That's great. It's like that's incredibly wise. You say you're very young. You're younger than us, but that was a, that's a very wise and 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 um, useful way to look at it. Yeah, and and I, I love that too. And 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 feel that also. Like there was a moment that I vividly remember where I got to a place in my life that I was not very happy with 
the place that I was in, but I was very happy with all the decisions that I made that got me there. And I remember sitting with that like dissonance of this is not where I thought I would be. This is not where I wanted to be, but every choice that I made that got me here is a choice that I would not have wanted to make differently. And so I just have to be with that and sit with that and then continue to make choices that feel right from this moment. And that, and that uh, was, it was, it was a really powerful moment for me. So, so yes. Very yeah. Much that. That's, that's really what I'm trying to say too, is that the outcome really can't be predicted. But if you look back and say, well, could I have done things any differently? No, I, I couldn't have because that was who I was then, you know. It doesn't always make sense until afterwards. It's like connect the dots. <laughs> and it's like you don't know what the shape is going to be until yeah. until you're a few dots down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <yep>. <laughs> <laughs> um Wow, I'm just like I'm just like floored. Yeah, this is crazy. What a crazy serendipitous um, thing to have met you guys. Yeah, the funny thing too, just the story from this morning was after Jonah came in, he's like, "I just met someone," and then this was before you texted about your podcast. Then that just him meeting someone and chatting made us have this whole conversation about like, yeah, you know. His girlfriend also often teases them that people like he meets people and he he doesn't feel very open, but people often approach him and seem to feel like, you know, kind of like they can talk to him. And then I was like, yeah, you know, I don't necessarily feel very open at all generally. But when I'm on these trips out here, I was telling Jonah, I try to like I always pick up hitchhikers and I have all these stories that happen this time too, where I'm like, if I see a hitchhiker, which has only been like four times. I'm like, I'm going to pick that person up, you know? And then I try to be very open. Like when you were describing being like when you walked by and being open, I don't know. It's just funny. It's like, and we were deciding, should we do this? And it's like, well, yeah, I just was telling when you texted <laughs> and Jonah's like, should we do it? I'm like, well, damn, man, I was just telling you about how like I pick up hitchhikers and I'm trying to be when I'm out here in the desert, I try to be more open than I would be in like my normal, like walking around Brooklyn, kind of like, you know, not even looking at people in the eyes. <laughs> and so I was like, shit, man, I think that I think we have to do this <laughs> inside so. every Brooklyn local who keeps to themselves is someone who vacations at Joshua Tree <laughs> and does random podcast episodes with that's strangers. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I'll keep that in mind next time I'm in New York. Well, it's the it's the inside of everyone. There's that because I was like, you know, it's like being a young person. Basically, like, it's funny. I said that too. I was like, I said literally about you before I even knew you. I was like, wow, that's so amazing that she, that that woman is so open to just chat with a person on the road. And I said it's almost like a young person because. You know, when kids, that's how kids are. And a lot of times parents who have kids, I've heard it said many times where they're like, you know, I've, I've met all my neighbors now since I had my kid because I'm walking around with my kid and they're like, hey, who, what's your name? And I'm like, oh, shit, I got to talk to this person that I, I've lived with on the same block for 20 years that I've never talked to. And now because my son wants to. So anyway, yeah, I think inside every Brooklyn person or anyone, there's that younger person that's like actually does want to 
say hi to everyone and be like, yeah, who are you? Like everybody's asking the same questions. Everybody's like the stories all look different, but like everybody is is going through similar things. That's great. Well, it's great that you're doing this um, for for um, I mean a number of reasons I'm sure, but for what you just said, it's like great to get to to get out there, have a have a situation that you've invented that allows you to actually connect with people and like discover what you just said, like oh wow, like all the commonalities and um how much we have in common and the kind of all these questions that we're grappling with um but it's also just cool that i i appreciate the both of you for what you're trying to figure out in your lives and also this project that's very it's great i mean not a lot of younger folks will take on any you know have the guts to take on any of this stuff so kudos congrats well done continue Keep it up. We will. <laughs> I know. I don't want to. I don't want to sound. I don't want to sound too old. But hey, <laughs> hey, appreciation is appreciation. I, I, that's all I gotta say. I appreciate you. That's what I can tell you. Well done. This episode of Sit on the Floor was hosted by Stephanie Tonneson and Rachel Sear, and produced by Stephanie Tonneson. If you enjoyed it, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. To see photos of the space this episode was recorded in, or to make a donation to the show, visit sitonthefloorpod.com. Otherwise, we'll see you on the next episode.